Hello everybody, welcome to World 101 Podcast. I am your host, Eddie V. Thank you guys for joining me. Alongside me is the Red Nordic Red Velvet Nordic Beast himself. Oh, I'm a wet Nordic beast? What yes. the fuck? You're wet. Mm. A wet beast. <laughs> Mr. Larry Gibber. Can we start calling Adrian a wet maple? <laughs> <laughs> Instead of a oh, before maybe I maybe he's a maple back. That's it. He's a maple back. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> we have hit the mother low for 2017. We have begun this um, year off right. He's gonna uh, be like, oh, uh, what? Cause see, I was about to say, I was about to say the other thing, and then I stopped myself. I was just like, a oh, wet. Hold on, wait. Let me see if Derek's gonna say it first. Okay, yep. maple back. Let's go with that. Yes. <laughs> so we love you adrian uh and sir tony and adrian can be with us on this episode but it's the new year so happy new years to all our listeners um thank you guys for you know supporting world one one throughout 2016 here on our podcast joining us on different questions on a forum um which we'll probably uh we'll let you guys know more about later on in the show uh but how are you, Derry? How are you doing? I'm good. I've actually gotten to play fucking games over the last two weeks. It's it's strange and foreign, but it's nice. So, um, I've been actually uh, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. I finished. Uh, I blitzed all the way through uh, Super Hot, which is absolutely fantastic. Um, it's a bizarre puzzle shooter is the best explanation um the story is strange beyond belief mm. and if i tried to tell any more i would just ruin it um other than that uh, i've been playing through a good hunk of the witness um i started out with more conviction than i've ended up with when it comes to the witness i like the witness i do i like it a lot um however i started out being very determined that I was going to figure it all out. No, no walkthrough, no help. And I've, I've made a few modifications to that at this point. I, I'm standing by the fact that so long as I've at least come to understand a mechanic sufficiently, if I've hit a puzzle where I'm just beating my head on a wall in frustration, so long as I at least understand the base mechanics, I've come to be okay with looking for a solution because I actually want to finish it and experience it mm -hmm. and see where it goes. So I'm coming to grips with that, and I'm okay with that. I will say I was really, really impressed. Um, however, I've hit a point where I'm finally going to call some bullshit on The Witness. Um, there's a section of puzzles that don't quite match up with everything else. Because all the other puzzles are all based on these rule sets, you yes. know, and I'm, I'm cool with that. They're very clever in that regard. However, there's one section of puzzles where those rules, none of that figures into it. It's all in just the angle in which you're looking at the puzzle and trying to get the light to reflect off it in the exact right way. And it's kind of shoddily done, which is a shame. Um, because that's, that at this point has really been the only big damper on the uh, experience for me. Um, other than that, it's been really solid, but that batch of puzzles was bullshit. Um, so yeah, the, the visuals do not quite do enough justice to that section of puzzles to make it passable. Um, it, it kind of reminds me of that last puzzle in Fez where the the answer didn't actually make any fucking sense and it was just a matter of brute forcing your way through it. Oh, wow. So I was a little saddened by that. But that aside, everything else in The Witness is really neat. I like stumbling across some of the environmental puzzles. I'm hoping that most of them are reasonably obvious enough and not so super obscure as to piss me off. Um, but the... The logic behind most of it makes sense, and that's an impressive thing to do for that many puzzles and mechanics. And I screamed like a little giddy schoolgirl when I came across uh, 
James Burke is a bonus in uh, The Witness. Because <laughs> James Burke is fucking awesome. If you don't know who he is, go look him up and go look up an old series called Connections. Connections. Why do I don't remember that? Sh- go, go look it up. It's old as shit. It's on YouTube and it's cool as hell. But in any case, um, so working on powering through the witness, um, been fiddling with a couple of other things off and on, like some castle crashers just for fun. Um, and I keep getting sucked back into Geometry Wars 2, actually. <laughs> so I, I've almost thrown a controller a couple times trying to get one achievement on uh, Geo Wars 2. It's just not quite getting there. I was like four percent off of getting from getting the achievement this morning, oh, and I fucked wow. it up. It's like, God damn it! But in any case, um, so yeah, that's that's what's been cooking there. I've been playing anything else? Oh, I got to dink with Firewatch some too. Firewatch is excellent. What I've played of it so far. That'll probably be the next thing that I actually finish once I finish The Witness. Well, yeah, because Firewatch is like a walking simulator. So, like, going home and stuff. So, it don't seem like it's too hard or anything. I think you'll be able to finish it within a uh, five-to-six-hour five setting, I think. Three, or three to five hours. That wouldn't surprise me. But, holy shit, the beginning of that was depressing, too. Like, I, I know I talked about it earlier, you know, uh, several months ago with Ori and the Blind Forest. Mm-hmm. Man, what the fuck is it with things and depressing openings these days? This shit started with Up. Fuck you, Disney and Pixar, for Up. Because you started this shit, and then Ori, and now Firewatch. And God damn it, stop it. It's, it's, it's the dramatic feel. They want to uh, make the character feel emotions. Feel. <laughs> like so, f your f your emotions, but no, Firewatch is good. the The storytelling, the voice acting, the delivery is all spot on, excellent so far. So, That's um, good. but in any case, yeah, that was that was it. I had a couple days to kind of veg and do not much of anything. Um, I took Thursday and Friday off of work because they were sticking needles in my spine on Thursday, so that was great fun let me tell you anesthetic does not play well with me that was an experience but un completely unrelated so in any case um but yeah that's uh that's a whole lot of what i've been playing oh um i've been playing rise of the tomb raider for playstation 4 um i already beat it on xbox one so i'm just playing it on uh ps4 like just trying to see the difference and stuff on it um i still have more that I need to, uh, like, install on my PS4 from Black... Because I'm, like, kind of installing all my Black Friday stuff um, that I brought. Um, so I have, like, uh, do sex... Uh, you got Black Friday, man. Why you got to take this to a race place? Because I'm... <laughs> <laughs> you know me. I'm already... always back in the deck, motherfucker. I'm always racing the church. Look, if you listen to some of my other podcasts that I do... <laughs> I talked about Red Dead Redemption, too. And I was just like, look, I'm sorry to say this, and I don't care whoever takes it the wrong way, but this game is for white folks. Ain't no ain't no black folk on this thing that I know of has tweeted or really lose their mind over Red Dead Redemption, too. It's all these white folks. And that's how, that's how I think that's the same way people who complain about Metroid Prime, the same people who complained about No Man's Sky. Just like, what are y'all complaining for? It's, it's all these, like, Negroes complaining for other stuff. You know, I, I do think there is a, a distinct cultural divide in in certain segments of gaming genres, though, if you think about it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I don't think it's anything intentional. I just think it's a, a cultural segmenting that just happens. You know, uh case in point you know a lot of uh you know a lot of the metroidvania stuff you know go back to symphony of the night um you know like you said metroid prime or in the blind forest uh, it's gonna sound a little insensitive but the shades of people picking those up were probably a little on the light side yeah a bunch of white people let's, uh, let's, let's call a spade a spade <laughs> it's a bunch of white people 
Because when it comes Yeah, no, it, it is. I just, you know, it's one of those things. It's weird. Like, I'm not going to lie. I'm willing to bet you, you probably felt like you stuck out like a sore thumb at the Blue October show a couple months ago, too. Um, Actually, I did it's see another little, black uh, I actually, actually seen another black person there, so I I didn't feel stuck out. Now <laughs> I, I was I would say I was dressed unlike everybody else. Like <laughs> like I would I like cause cause when I do concerts I gotta go, you know, my outfit has to be right. Like I would literally go out and buy a new outfit just for that one concert. I did it for the movies. Heck, I did it to go see Fast and the Furious and I'm sitting in a dark movie theater. Oh, God. But you know, cause it's just like everybody's in this rock outfit or they party outfit. And here I am looking like I work at JC Penney or something. Like I work at a retail store ready to sell some clothes, like really somewhat proper. Yeah. So, but yeah, uh, I, I do think maybe this is a, God, this is like a deep research, deep thought project subject that we need to get into one of these days. Yes. But, I, I feel like we should absolutely have Adrian here for that one, though. And, and I think we need to fill out the racial roster a little bit. <laughs> and, I, and I'm not saying that. It's great, though. Adrian's like a race car twofer. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. <laughs> uh, that is true. Playing the race car. That's going to probably be the title of this uh, game. Uh, a 52 deck of race cars. <laughs> uh, but. But I mean, with the Blue October, because I enjoyed it myself. That Blue October concert was amazing. Just oh, I had so much fun with it. Um, but I was I, I wasn't dressed like everybody else, and so my dressing attire was different than everybody else. Yes, this is a video game podcast, but and we'll get back. We'll to get the back videos. to it. Uh, <laughs> but I was literally dressed to the T. I mean, I had jeans and. You know, my tennis shoes and stuff like that. But, like, my top was just, like, a V-neck sweater with a dress shirt and a tie. Like, very looking properish. Here is somebody else wearing, like, a rock and roll Dello, meth Dello t-shirt and stuff. I'm like, you know it's, like, 35 degrees outside right about now. Oh, yeah. So. Oh. Uh, so, I've got something I've been sitting on for about three fucking weeks for this show. Um, cause we didn't have a show last week, uh, and that may or may not have been attributed to my drinking, uh, one night at a friend's party. You was having fun. You had a little bit too much fun. That's, I may or may not have been asked to leave, but we're not going there. <laughs> um, but in any case, um, I had a, a thought, um, that like I said, I've been sitting on this for a couple weeks to share. Um, and I haven't even shared this with any of them in the, uh, in the Facebook chat that we keep going for, uh, for the four of us for the show. Um, but we're, we're bringing back, here's the pitch. So I've got this brilliant idea, um, because Valve doesn't know how to count to fucking three. We've already discussed this. Yes. Uh, we got as far as Half-Life 2. We got as far as Half-Life Episode 2. We got as far as Portal 2. Left 4 Dead 2. We will never get a three for any of them. But maybe, maybe Valve can fucking count backwards. So here's my thought. Since we're never going to see a Portal 3, and maybe that's not a bad thing either, because maybe they did everything that could and should be done with that mechanic. Instead, we can still enjoy the wonderful world of Aperture Science with the new game from Valve, Aperture Science. It's a prequel to the Portal series that takes place in the heyday of the Aperture Labs with Cave Johnson still alive with his secretary who would eventually become Gladys and actually, you know, playing as some of the uh, the test subject schlubs that were talked about in the pre-recorded sections in Portal 2 and, you know, actually being the test subject for some of the cool shit that they were working on, you know, that you got you know, hints of in Portal 2 towards the end there. Just to see what all was happening in that lab, you know, when it was actually running the way that it was supposed to back in the day. I think that'd be neat. And we'll just call it Aperture Science. I'm down for that. 
But the question I have is, is Val even ready to make another video game? I don't think they made one in, what, seven, eight years? I think Half-Life Episode 2 was the last one they did. Or was no, it Portal no, 2? No. Portal 2 would have been last. Because Left 4 Dead 2 was already out before yep. Portal 2. Okay. Portal 2 was the last one they put out. Because I think they just, I think they figured that they just make too much money on Steam and whatever that controller is. If you want to call it a controller. Yeah. It's, it, it is a, a shame that Valve has stopped doing games. It really is. I'm I'm all for, you know, and that's the other thing. Holy crap. I can't begin to fathom how running Steam is taking up so much of their fucking time because it's not like they're putting any work into fucking quality control on that store. Oh, heck no. Jesus. Well, it, it, it's weird because there's Steam Greenlight and then there's, I guess, AAA Steam. Like people like EA and uh, yeah. Square Enix and like and some of the indies put in their games on there, so it's kind of weird on how that system even works. And I I don't use Steam or anything like that. Um, I mean I have no problem against it. I just I really don't care for the platform since I get most of my games on console and ready to go. Um, I just don't understand like. I, I, there's just something about Val that I just don't get at times. Just like you guys started out as a developer. Um, this started out as a brilliant developer too. Yeah. I mean, people were people were buying your game Half Life. Um, people bought up Left 4 Dead 2, bought up Team Fortress, bought up uh, um, Portal 2, like. They they were selling a lot of a lot of they don't never they don't have that many titles to their names, but everything they released, people were buying them. I want to know what happened to all the poor people that were actually developing these games at Valve Studios. I have a feeling they left. That, that's about the only explanation at this point, because you don't sit for unless you're fucking Team Eco, you know you don't sit for seven eight years twiddling your thumbs doing nothing but what are you gonna do but speaking of speaking of steam um some stuff coming up it is up on uh i believe green light it's either green light or early access and somebody can kick me in the teeth later if i got it wrong but um a little bit of a throwback uh I know I've talked some about some old uh, PC point-and-click adventure games uh, on several occasions. Um, in particular, a, a favorite of mine from my childhood was the Journeyman Project series. Um, think, think very much in the vein of, like, missed hypercard adventure game, you know, but it's all time travel based. Uh, my, my introduction to this series, and I won't go deep for, on this for a reason... But, you know, my introduction to the series was back when I first, you know, my family got our first uh, PC, uh, and it was a Hewlett-Packard, and Journeyman Project Turbo was in the uh, in the little software suite that came with it, and I was hooked. Well, uh, that game eventually saw a, a remake, director's cut, however you want to call it, um, called Pegasus Prime. Um, Pegasus Prime is... Uh, was originally only released in the States on Mac, but is now available uh, across the board for uh, Windows as well. Right now, via goodoldgames.com, and also coming up, it is uh, seeing release on Steam. Mm -hmm. And the reason I mention it is that the fine folks behind that will be joining us on the show uh, to coincide with that release as that comes up uh, on Steam. Um so for those that have not checked it out, I absolutely recommend it. Um, I, th this promotion is not paid for. I actually have a personal love for this series. You can actually get all three games bundled together on good old games. And like I said, uh, the re-release of Pegasus Prime, which if you're going to play the beginning of this series, Pegasus Prime is the way to do it. Uh, the original, as much love as I have for it, did not age terribly well. Um, so yeah, 
pick up uh, pick up all three of those and give them a play. You will have fun. They get better and better as they go. Um, we are very excited that they will be joining us um, in the coming months uh, when Pegasus Prime hits Steam. Um, also, just to touch on some other things coming, uh, coming up not next weekend, but the weekend after, uh, the fine folks behind AM2R are going to be joining us, uh, Milton and uh, Sabra, uh, a.k.a. Steve, um, and I may have just gotten that wrong, and if I did, you can hit me on the show later. Um, but in any case, uh, they'll be joining us um, in a couple of weeks, too, to talk about some of the, the post-mortem on what happened with AM2R and uh, what what anything that game has of a future at this point. Um so that's that's a thing coming as well. We've got a few other things uh, cooking for early 2017 for you guys as well. Um, so keep your uh, eyes and ears peeled. But those are just a couple things coming up. Uh, a few other things aren't quite locked down yet, so I'm not going to mention them. But uh, if we get them to work and get them a go, then uh, I think you'll all be in for some pleasant surprises. Yes. Yes. I know the AO2R one is going to kind of be big because it's going to be like a lot of questions and they'll probably be like, these nerds. But is it going to be like, no, they got love and respect for us. That's like, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. So. And a, a huge, huge fucking shout out to Jonathan Holmes for actually uh, helping piece that together and making that happen. Um, he He went out of his way to, to make that happen. Um, so much, much love to Holmes for that. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, so there's my, here's the pitch. There's a little bit about what's coming. Uh, a couple things that you should all go check out. Um, God, what else is going on these days? Um, yeah, no, lots. Uh, I've been spending a lot of time with Twitch lately too. That's, that's a weird fascination that I, I don't know. <laughs> with the witness so. and stuff. But in any case, um, what else have you had cooking, Eddie? It's been two weeks. What the hell? Um, uh, just be just been uh, planning my stuff out for my other podcast, and um, like I said, installing stuff for Xbox One. Um, getting ready for the Nintendo Switch reveal. I gotta kind of get my day together for that to. Um, find out all the news and make sure that all the podcast and stuff is ready. Hopefully we'll be ready to record that day. Um, like later on that night and, uh, see what it says. Um, gaming wise or anything else wise, uh, nothing major just yet. Um, I've been trying to finish, uh, some of my backlog stuff and start some other things up. Um, and I still got to go to GameStop and buy some Barbie games. Because that's the first feature for this month. And you should smack yourself. And I'll explain why. Um, I, I kind of want to experience some Barbie games. Um, and this is more research based on my part than anything else. To understand how their research all you want, I call bullshit. <laughs> I, I want to understand their design. And like... We as men, we as older males and stuff like we don't buy none of these games and we don't look forward to playing any of them, even if it's for well, reviews. I and don't, stuff. but apparently you do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get you when I come down. You're there. the one saying you're gonna go buy them. Yes, and I'm trying to explain why. <laughs> and this I is know, it's way more fun if I just screw with you about this. Pretty much, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be no different. Um, no, but I, I feel like that it, it's something definitely for me as the gamer that I kind of want to visit. Because throughout this year for 2017, I kind of want to visit games that I wouldn't touch and understand, uh, you know, come better familiarized with a lot of genres and a lot of topics that don't normally get talked about. So, yeah, we don't play the Barbie games and stuff like that. Um, but yet they continue to come out and I don't know how the sale figures are for that. 
So I just kind of want to understand how these games are made. Why do they only cater to girls? And is it do is it is it just a is it a stereotypical thing? Uh, is it an easy gift for you to get a girl who wants to play video games, or do you believe that games like these that don't present no challenge are are suitable for girls? And what is the fear of not giving them a challenging game? Like, why not give them something like Metroid AM2R and let them try to figure stuff out? Why can't we not give younger girls something like that? Why is it that they deserve Barbie games? And sometimes maybe not well-designed Barbie games in that feature. So I want to explore that, and I kind of want to discuss it on Optional Opinion. I kind of want to see where does it take me and stuff like that because i because like i said i still want to buy style savvy fashion i want to understand why this game that people some people just ignore might actually be good you know and it might be good for some males who are in who want to get into the fashion industry so let's understand how a, a game that's designed around fashion how does that work with males and stuff like that I think you're going to find yourself sorely disappointed with that. But if you want to go into a fashion, you know, centric game for guys, uh, you can go crack out a copy of The World Ends With You. Oh, that is right. Shoot, that's if I could find a copy. That mug disappeared, like, everywhere. I know. It's criminal. That needs a reprint, like, stat. But in any case, um, so... <clears throat> It's it's now officially closed. I've I've re-shared it and posted it for several weeks now. Um, and sadly, Adrian is not here because uh, one of his nominees actually won. Um, where we're talking about our uh, 2016 Game of the Year stuff. Um, ah. So I, I have the nominees in front of me, and I have the winners in front of me. Um starting with uh, the the nominees for our very first ever 2016 World 1-1 Podcast Game of the Year uh, Awards. Uh, the nominees for the prestigious Golden Warp Pipe Award this year were uh, Titanfall 2. Yes! Xenoblade Chronicle X. Yes! AM2R. Yes! And Ukulele the Demo. Uh. And if you've paid any attention, you already know where this is going. Um, so, but, but before did... before you get to into your reveal, and before you make any announcements, let's let's break it down uh, uh, in a quick sense on why these four games got nominated from each person. So, I'm going to explain Tony and Adrian's point of view. And then you can explain AM2R. I'll explain Titanfall. 2. I don't even need to explain that shit. I've talked about this. At, well, for like just let's months. let's give them <laughs> let's let's give them a refresh. So, uh, even though uh, ukulele uh, was a demo, Adrian believed that it was such fun that it should be on this list. He got a lot of enjoyment. It kind of felt like almost a little bit of the game so kind of a sandbox thing so if you think uh disney infinity toy box kind of like it, it's like it's finished but it just gives you an idea so he just it's wanted kind of a toy box yeah yeah so he wanted so he counted it as that and we accepted it that was because he couldn't make a decision so we went with that tony puts about 600 plus hours into xenoblade chronicles x which is a fantastic game i i i would have chosen that myself but due to the fact that um i had to choose something else and we would try to do 2016 but there's just so many games that uh all of us didn't play uh and so we left it open to 2015 also so uh tony put it on the tail end of anyways yes so Which that will not happen again for seventeen. Oh, by the way, uh, look, if the Game Awards could do it for uh, The Witcher Three, we could we're do it for World One One. Better, huh? We're not the Game Awards. We're better. We have integrity. <laughs> 
we're not officially sponsored by anyone, so shut up. We're not we're not sponsored by the Gillette man. Oh, the Chic Hydrobot. Oh, whatever that crap was. That was ridiculous. <laughs> For the record, I still believe that Jim Sterling had the greatest spoof of the Chic Hydrobot ever. Because if you haven't seen it yet, go go check it out. He made a beautiful parody of that. Said that uh, you know, if if the Game Awards can be sponsored by the Chic Hydrobot. The Jimquisition Awards can be sponsored by the Cornflakes Homunculus. And <laughs> <laughs> it was fantastic. <clears throat> I wish a lot of people did did use that shtick or shtick, whatever it is, because they beers yeah. just like, look, y'all coming on stage with all these beers and not one of y'all bit shaved, like not really. But it's the show is sponsored by that. So yeah. uh about that. Yeah. So Anyways. that was Tony's nomination was Xenoblade Chronicles X. He put a lot of, which is a great game. Fantastic. I still say, uh, I'll stand by him and I'm happy that he did nominate that. So let's go into your nomination. Uh, Larry, AM2R. I'm not going to go real deep just because I've talked way too much about it over the last five months and they're going to be on the show in two weeks with us. But uh, AM2R uh, stands not only as my game of the year, but it, it now stands uh, in a very proud place as my all-time favorite game, um, replacing the original Metroid 2. Um, like I said, it was done with so much, so, so much love and care uh, and reverence for the series in that particular entry into the series. Um so yeah, that's that, that's the little tidbit that I'm going to talk about with that, um, without going overboard and ruining some of the things that I want to get into in a couple weeks um, with those fine folks when they come on. Um, and then uh, your nominee was uh, Titanfall Dose. Yes, Titanfall Two, which is my game of the year for uh, well nomination for game of the year for 2016. It's the most Nintendo X designed game. Every level, every shooting. Um, if you guys are part of the World One One forum on podcast, ooh, sorry about that. That Fanta grape, that Fanta orange uh, pop just does wonders. Um, but I love the cherry, uh, cherry flavor. <laughs> um, You're black grape drinker. Get the fuck out. Uh, what's that about? Gra- oh, because I'm black. It's a great <laughs> drink, really. Because I'm black. Race card back in the deck. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> and, and the thing about it is, why did I? <laughs> why did I get so, too, uh, super black on you? Which is like really a grape drink. Grape, really. Can that be the sequel to Super Hot? We can have a new game called Super Black. Oh, I love that. Oh, super Black. <laughs> I can't wish you at the moment. I just can't wish you. <laughs> Titanfall 2. Um great level design. Um the way that that game is made, just I I screamed and shout and just like there I'm not going to go more into it. I feel like they need to do another uh, they if they ever decide to do another Metroid Prime Grand game, Respawn needs to do it. I love Retro Studios, but let Retro Studios make it something completely different and let Respawn do the next Metroid game. Um so that was my nomination. So now that's that all out the way and Super Black, the sequel to Super Hot is in production some by some indie developer. Uh reveal who our winner is. Uh well, uh, sadly not a whole lot of voting, but uh it, it did pull out ahead um AM2R uh did in fact win out uh, with with the little bit of love that uh, went into the voting on this. Um, and again, I, I do think that some of the voting had to do with the fact that, um, you know, there, there are some changes happening on the, the Facebook side in terms of where things are coming from. And obviously that's, that's not going to be an issue, uh, you know, for 17. But, you know, we're, we're growing and uh, some growing pains will happen. But uh, either or, uh, AM2R did come out ahead and uh, is the uh, proud winner of the first ever prestigious World 1-1 podcast, 
Golden Warp Pipe Award for Game of the Year. Congratulations to AO2R, uh, to the guys that uh, who created AO2R. Um, congratulations on the win. It really deserves, um, I, I would say it really deserves it, the not only the nomination, it deserves the award. Um, because this, as much as I love Titanfall 2 and as much as I love Xenoblade Chronicles, this was a passion project that they worked very hard on. Um, and I'm sad that they, they got DMCA for it, but you know, they, they put a lot of heart and a lot of work into this and they efforts need to be rewarded and paid. And the game is really, really is good. I still haven't played it. Um, but just our discussions, Larry, uh, just seeing people like, uh, play and stuff. I'm just like, these guys put their heart and everything into this game. And, I'm I'm sad that they they got I'm even sad that they got taken off the uh the nominee uh vote for uh Hydro Awards exactly, um, <laughs> but but I'm so glad that they did win uh like we gave them uh this award so congratulations to them I hope they do continue when they come on the show I hope they're making an uh some original project and I hopefully they get it on Nintendo's platform if not put it on PC Steam or whatever like someone really helped these guys make their dream come true uh, on their next project I, I should say, but congratulations to them. Congratulations to you, Larry, for uh, the nominations and win. Your nomination, Willie. Yay! Uh, so now we get into the nitty gritty. This is the not so fun part. Oh, I should have. Uh... That's okay. So, on the flip side of the coin, um, you know, well, while there is a, a best of the year, it also means too, that there is a worst of the year, and we wanted to take a slightly different approach. Um, we, we didn't want to just say it. this was hands down the worst game of the year. Um, we, we wanted to, to take something a, a little more constructive away from this. And so, um, it is with uh, great displeasure that I, I present to you the nominees for the first ever, uh, world one, one podcast, far less prestigious rusty wrench award so that the winner can fix their shit next time they put out a new game i still love this title it's still <laughs> I, can't help it. I still love that title <laughs> so uh. we, we've got three nominees up um first of was uh recore actually um and that I, I actually I put Recore out there, and don't get me wrong, I actually I've had fun with Recore, I did, but it's got some distinct issues. Um, <coughs> I, I take great issue with the uh, the waypoint system, um, and some of the the obligatory collectathon bullshit that they put you through. It just felt unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's certainly not the worst thing to, to come out of this year. But again, that's that's not what we were steering for. You know, these are things where there was some potential, and there still is some potential. Um, it just it needs to be uh, massaged out a little bit uh, in a second effort. Um, the uh, second nominee in the list, I believe, was yours. Was uh, Uncharted Four. Uh, a dirty rotten teeth's end. Uh, this game, as much as good, as good as this, uh, uh, I can't even just talk about this horrible game. As much as good as this look, this game has no substance. It's way too long. It pulls off the same on. Okay, guess what? We'll do eighty percent flashback and then twenty percent for the rest of the game. And it's just, it's boring garbage. It's beautiful garbage at that, but it's boring. It has no substance. The, it, it, it does the same cliches that the Uncharted series is known for. It's not very cinematic because there's just some things to be like, you should have literally been dead by 16,000 of these set pieces that you put in this boring long game. So, yeah, it's, uh, 
I wish I could just throw Overwatch in also into this uh, category, but it's too late for that. Uh, but yeah, Uncharted. Uh, you know what? Um, I, I'm going to say something here. Uh, on the back of uh, something that was mentioned to me uh, a couple weeks ago, and I, I'm not going to call it a resolution because I don't do that bullshit, but um, I do want to, uh, on the back of something that was said, I do want to actually make an attempt to crack into a, a MOBA, and I may check out Overwatch uh, at some point in 17. It's not my cup of tea. I'm not a shooter person. I, Dear God, I'm not an online multiplayer shooter person. But I, I there's clearly fucking something there. And, you know, kind of in the vein of what you're doing with your Barbie's Wild Horse Equestrian in My Butt Adventure. Uh, <laughs> that better not be the title. <laughs> oh, God. Um, you know, well, hell, anything to do with Equestrian. Uh, if you've never seen it, Lewis Black has a great bit about that. Oh. You know, talks <laughs> about it. He was dating a woman that was, uh, you know, into horse shows and stuff and not that kind. Hold on, wait. Back. Is that the... Is that back, the... Kevin Smith. Is that the episode? Is that the uh, the special where he was at the restaurant and the and, he's, and the woman was talking about the her horse or something? He's basically talking about the fact that you know he's sitting there at this this horse show and uh, like how do you judge that? He's like at this point I'm just looking at it going if he doesn't trip over that thing he's a winner. <laughs> I love Lewis Black. I love his specials. Uh, but in any case, um, but no, I, I do want to, uh, crack into, uh, a MOBA just for a little bit and maybe, maybe at least wrap my head around a and, little bit, but. And once we, once we get done with this portion of the award, I'm, I, I have a big question that I want to ask you and get your opinion on. So. No, I will not marry you. I'm already taken. But I want, but I want your meatballs. Uh, so in any case, um, but back back to the nominees here. We've got uh, you know, Recore, Uncharted Four, and uh, the the final nominee that was actually put up by uh, both Tony and Adrian because Adrian bitched that he couldn't nominate a fucking controller for worst thing of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and I don't understand. Okay, Adrian, when you listen to this, a PS4 controller, really? I I know that you have a displeasure for selling things, but a controller is a game of the year. You can't do controller of the year. Now, we can have a discussion about accessories. We can make that a theme and talk about it on World 1-1 when you come back. But we can't nominate a controller for a game. So, but the the final nominee on the list though was uh, Mighty Number no. Nine, um, which saw numerous delays. Finally, saw release this year, and not only did it see release, it saw a lot of um, backlash, critical failure, backlash, hate, problems, um, and it made you cry like a, a anime boy on prom night. Yeah, that that too. Let's let's not even talk about that one. Um, but in any case, um, yeah, here's here's a game with just every questionable choice that could have been made was made with this project. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the the choice of animation style, uh, the the choice to make the fucking end credits longer than the game, um, just absolutely baffling and it just it did not deliver and uh on the back of that commentary um we we are announcing that the first ever winner of the far less prestigious rusty wrench award is in fact mighty number nine so it's not to say that we don't ever want you to do anything again quite the opposite we want you to put out another game but we want to give you this rusty wrench so that you can fix your shit when you do it So the best of luck to uh, the Mighty Number no. Nine crew in their future endeavors. Um, I, I, I 
can only finish this with saying, thank you, come again. <laughs> and once again, the race card gets played. <laughs> oh, God. I, I wasn't even thinking about that. I was just thinking about the, the, the Simpsons at that point. But, yeah, I'm pretty sure we can make 52 race jokes by the end of the show now. Oh, goodness. <laughs> that we have to plan that out for another day. Um, the question that, that would take some serious effort. Shit. Exactly, because we would have to hit like every That's like a race joke a minute. Shoot, and we have to hit like almost every race known to man. Country races oh. that we know of, but we don't know how to stereotype them. So we'll just make up some goofy language, like. Like when we talk, well. just get pissed off about shit that nobody gets pissed off about. And I know I'm totally stealing a joke, and only one other person that listens to this show will recognize it. But shout out to that person. You know, get racist about shit that nobody gets racist about. Like fucking Swedish with their goddamn candied fish. Oh my goodness! And I just had oh. some Swedish fish like two weeks ago. Yeah, those things are awful. Oh, I love them. They're so good. Oh, those terrible. Really. Is it the so, taste for you? I, taste, texture, all of it. It's awful. What about gummy bears? Mm, almost kind of depends on what brand. Uh, is it Hasbro? The uh, Haribo. Haribo. Or Haribo or whatever it is. Yeah, those those are okay. I was a bigger fan of the Sour Patch stuff, but that's a different subject. Anyways, um, minor shout out to or. Minor is not the right word by any means, but uh, shout out to a wonderful friend of mine. I was gifted a, a lovely uh, 8-bit Link Amiibo uh, to uh, adorn my uh, collection with. Nice. Um, it's totally fucking awesome. I, I got to say, though, if you ever pick one of these up, look at his nose. It will creep you out. I have one. It's like I... one block longer than it should be, and I don't know why. I have one. I uh, I have to just look at it. Um, I I wonder was that the the way that it was designed? And I, I don't look know. At the but picture. It's 3D, that nose is too long and it's weird. Oh wow! It's um, fucking weird. I actually have all the Link Amiibos, uh, the Ocarina of Time and um, the Wind Waker one, and Eight Bit. The Eight Bit one was the only one that I wanted. I didn't care about the others. Well, uh, the question, because we brought up Overwatch and uh, your interest or of trying it out, not saying that you're going to like get into it, but trying it out. Uh, I posted a question about this on Twitter uh, about how come people complain about Titanfall 1 being multiplayer only and people losing their crap about it, but then Overwatch comes out and it's uh it's just it's completely accepted. Like they're both arena shooters and Titanfall, yes, even though that's class based and it's some I guess a mobile game. I don't know how. Um I just seen it as an online shooter because pretty much like Borderlands two could be almost on the same boat. It's just that Borderlands two has a story and it's for only four players. Maybe that has something to do with it, too. You know, I, I, granted, the first Titanfall didn't really have anything story-wise either. Right. But, and and again, it's not one that I dove into very much, but as I understand it, and I, I'm hoping to understand a little more, um, you know, Overwatch has a lot of personality driven into their characters um versus titanfall where you know here outfit a mech and go shoot stuff you know there, there's not a lot of diversity in that um that's I, I think the the personality or lack thereof could have a lot to do with that too so well, but maybe in the couple months we'll uh, I'll find that out a little more. Well, shoot, people are uh, Overwatch as good as it's sold, and people claiming it as the game of the year. I think it, it it's a game that kind of upset a lot of people. One of the characters came; they made gay, and oh, Tracer, well, yeah, folks got mad about that. Um, 
some issues with some people cheating. Um, and it was oh, just... shock. Online multiplayer with game with cheating. Because mm, that's never happened to any game before, ever. Well, Blizzard bending them forever and stuff like that. Like, I was looking at some news stories about this. I'd be okay with that. Of being banned forever. <laughs> yeah, I am totally okay with uh, cheating assholes getting perma-banned. Well, I thought that normally happens in online games if they found out that you're cheating. I'm, but, well, Microsoft was a big problem because it was just like folks who weren't cheating were getting reported and then Microsoft banned their account. And they had to go, like, I guess go through a review process to get their account back or something. Yeah, no idea. Like you said, I'm I'm not anywhere near that community right now to know what the hell's going on with that. But that's that's another thing too that I just I don't get and again maybe I will have to look a little deeper is the the community for like Overwatch seems to only go to Overwatch. It does not transcend anything else versus where you've got like the the speedrun community, you know, there's so many games that this community digs into. Yes. And, you know, it's 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 fascinating to me uh, in that regard that, you know, the, the MOBA community sticks to, like, one MOBA and, you know, whichever is yours of choice and does not wander away from it at all versus going, you know, I love MOBAs and, uh, you know, I'm going to fucking get down with all of them. You know, it's, I love MOBAs. Uh, you need to play Overwatch. I love MOBAs. Uh, you need to play, uh, you know. League of Legends. Yeah. You know, any, it's just, it, it's a very strange thing, you know, and, uh, what drives that do you think it could be dominance like you're you're so you're so focused on this one game that you learn the ins and outs and you're able once you once you be able to dominate in the game and make yourself feel good because of your skill is at such a high level you don't want to learn anything else because you feel like someone's going to take your spot if you leave but even still, you know, turn around and look at the speedrun community. Yes. You know, you, you watch them and they learn how many different games, the, the minute ins and outs and details of how many different games, you know, and perfect them all. Right. So it's it's a weird cultural divide inside of our own weird little culture of games. Well, I... I... Um, I see it as the speedrunners give themselves a challenge, which makes learning and playing different games enjoyable. Because they have, it's a goal that they're trying to reach and how they attempt to get that goal. Whereas in MOBAs, it's just, your one goal is just to be, in my opinion, to be dominant. To be, being that one, like that one best player. And if, if you're not the best player, you're going to force yourself to be the best player. Like, you don't care about speed runs and stuff like that. You just want to be like, I want to be the top, I want to be the best, and that's all to it. So they don't yeah. really give them, they don't give themselves a challenge because their challenge to, uh, if they do give themselves a challenge, their challenge is to be perfect and make sure that no one else could be on that level of perfection. There may be something to that, so... But in any case, um, yeah, I think I think I've covered about everything I had to cover for the last couple of weeks, which just goes to show that I should have had more going on, but didn't. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's what's shaken. Um, I'm still working on uh, some final details, getting that locked down for uh, our very first giveaway uh, to celebrate the new Facebook page and the new year. Um, so, uh, other news and announcements, um, uh, because he's not here to plug his shit, uh, on the, 
the uh, NBC Video Game Book Club uh, for the month of January. Uh, we are, in a fashion, uh, revisiting a uh, crowd favorite. Uh, we'll be doing the Plague Knight campaign from Shovel Knight. Uh, so at this point, if you have any iteration of Shovel Knight, you do have Plague Knight. Um, just finish the Shovel Knight campaign and Plague Knight is accessible. Um, we are also unofficially doing a, uh, a little bit of a speed run race. Um, see who can make it through the fastest uh, in game time um, through uh, Plague Knight. Uh, so that's the thing that's happening. Um, iTunes feed with any luck in the next couple weeks finally as some things are settling um i've actually got some some articles and ideas rattling around in my head that uh may actually make it onto um binary paper uh for the uh the facebook page in the next couple weeks um so some some articles hopefully coming out um what else is going on uh, you will find us on, uh, or you'll find me at least on Twitch every once in a while broadcasting out. Um, like I said, lately I've been working on The Witness. Um, Lord only knows where we go from there. Maybe Firewatch is next. Um, but you'll find us on Twitch at World11 Podcast. All one word, all spelled out because goddamn Twitch username restrictions. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, you know, we are, uh, we're in all the usual spots uh, on archive.org. Um, the new Facebook page, click, you know, click the like button, get our content in your feed. It's just that easy. Um, for those that want to go a little bit deeper, uh, you know, we were looking to get the community growing throughout 17 on the, uh, podcast forum page there, the group page, um, join in and join the conversation. Um, uh, meanwhile, you'll also see our stuff show up along with Eddie's other show, um, optional sub opinion or something like that you know what um, i'm going to think of you when i get a chance ah, ah, ah. optional opinion what kind of oh that's so asian <laughs> that's so that's so broken yes, i got another race joke in one more <laughs> i love you so much but in any case um so yeah check check out you know optional opinion and you'll also find our stuff uh you know, in that feed as well too. Which is, um, which I must say, everybody in the coming weeks, a studded Nordic beast will be showing up on my show. So things, things are, things are happening. Things are coming. Things have happened. Um, you know, like I said, we we look forward to uh, a wonderful new year with uh, with you guys. We we look forward to uh, you know growing the family a little bit. Um, hopefully, a lot actually. Um, so that we can continue to bring you some awesome stuff and do more cool shit for you. Um, but yeah, uh, if, you know, if you like us, if you tolerate us or if you hate us, you know, uh, share us with your friends or people that you hate and subject them to, uh, us too. So. Let them hear our train wreck of professionalism, as we say. There it is. There it is. <laughs> and so. You- <laughs> And you guys can find me on Twitter at that Retro Code. Like Larry said, Watch Noble Opinion is on SoundCloud. <laughs> I too. You want to order a shitty beef? <laughs> Uh, you can hear Optional Opinion on SoundCloud, the Anomalous Radio Network, com, um, iTunes, Google Play, and other podcast apps. Um, I write on IGN.com under Anime, E-N-I-M-E, where you'll be able to check my Optional Opinion blogs. Uh, Skirmish Frogs is my series called The Moment on There, where I talk about retro games. Um, Twitch, uh, it's, my, it's the lyrical one, but let's learn. I just did like Tyler Falls, too. Um, showing it, but I might also join Larry in some games uh, if he wants to have me help him out on World One One, and uh, just make sure that I get him a mic, a better mic or camera, uh, or see how that works. Yeah, out. I'm still playing around with the settings on the Connect just to make shit work, but you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, it's a it's an experiment at the moment. So, did you just get the Connect or? Uh, it's being borrowed actually I'm borrowing it so I'm kind of experimenting to see what works and what doesn't work with that in my setup so oh okay yeah cause I know the headphones that I'm using does the mic thing for the controller 
uh, to pick up the mic. I just don't have the connect camera or anything like that. Because I'm just like, who really wants to see me? I think uh, that they want to see me just watch my the, all the other thousand podcasts that I'm on. <laughs> but just watch my gameplay and just leave messages and stuff like that. Uh, but that would be our show, everybody. Once again, we thank you. Have a happy new year. Uh, be safe. Uh, hopefully 2017 goes better than, um, I guess 2016. I don't know why people are hoping, hoping for that, but I'm like, well, yeah. Um, I'll talk about Rogue One, Star Wars Rogue One, uh, next time. Cause I did go see that and dude, what's the movie theater pack when I went to go see it? It literally was sold out. Oh, I believe it. I absolutely believe that shit. I do. Yeah. But well, it was hella good. Yeah, it was good. Uh, I actually went on the $5 day. So uh, <laughs> that's why I ended up at Applebee's eating a salad. <laughs> Before, <laughs> then when I went to the next showing. Uh, yeah. Oh. So. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's the show. That's all we got. Yep, that's and all we, we got. we will see you back uh, in a week. Yes, we will. We'll, hopefully we'll have a regular show. If not, our free woman stereotypical train wreck of professionalism we'll make a, we'll make fun of somebody we'll offend somebody and they'll yep. be it'll be all good but to that everybody um you can email the show at world one one podcast at gmail.com also uh w-o-r-l-d one one podcast at gmail.com and with that we are out bye Thank you